0: Hello and welcome back to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 37th episode, I share a great interview that I did with Judy Glansman, an artist who lives and works in New York City. And again, she has a very wide and diverse uh, range of work that deals with the figure. Again, very much interested in the process and the materials and, and the relationship between abstraction and representation and drawing. Again, very exciting stuff. So I'm glad to be sharing this with you. Once again, if you're listening to this for the first time, you can always right-click and save the target as to just download the MP3 and drag it onto your desktop, wherever. You can always go to the iTunes Store and search for Studio Breaker in a podcast. Once again, very easy to subscribe and just get updates that way. And also, please leave us some feedback so hopefully others that aren't equated with Studio Break can see that it's much loved and they might check it out. Aside from all that, we'd also really appreciate it if you took the time to visit our Studio Break facebook page our community page again we provide updates for upcoming artists and guests and recent news for upcoming shows and and past shows and interviews and all sorts of links so please check it out there and like us there and with all that being said we are finally ready so just stay tuned well we're back and i am here with uh judy Glantzman. how are you this morning
1: thank you. How are
0: you? I'm good. And, you know, we've been catching up a little bit before this, and I, I was saying it's it's been something like 11 years since I had you briefly, very briefly, maybe for like two weeks at, at Chautauqua as an instructor. And, you know, I just uh, remember, you know, you and, and, and your work from back then. And, you know, I guess the nature of this whole project or podcast is is slowly creeping out to, you know, all of those people that, that I've run into in the past. So it's great to have you on Um and uh again it'll be it'll be fun to kind of go over all of this all of the different work that you've been doing for the last uh how many how many years have you been uh working as a artist i guess
2: i finished school in seventy eight i think i um felt like the first couple of years i was really getting my footing but i was so but if you could count from seventy eight how many years is that 98, 108. so that's thirty yeah. thirty four years
0: wow wow yeah he's
2: well,
0: thirty well and you know again i i i know that um i I seem to talk to people that are mostly landlocked in the in the midwest, but if you could just uh talk a little bit about where you're from and and uh a bit of your background and i I don't know why i always, I always like to know what the uh i guess the small version of people people are when they're when they were kids i don't I don't know why I imagine you you know super into the arts at a very young age, but I guess you can kind of uh, shed some light on that.
2: Well, I actually have an article. My family lived in Puerto Rico when I was four till I was eight. I have an article from the San Juan Star with a picture of me at six years old. And it's the painting glance. It's the family that paints together, stays together. <laughs> my mother's a painter. My sister's a painter. So when you ask, like, how long have I done it, that's another thing. Like, it's hard to distinguish that time. But, you know, like, but I think um, I didn't really think I'd be an artist in high school. And now I have a 15 year old. So it's a funny idea to think about, you know, how how the course of things could change. It wasn't until eleventh grade that I really thought i was gonna be an artist. And um, and then I went to RISD and I had a very wonderful experience and very intense. And and not just an artist, but a painter. I got, and, and then well I lived in New York since I was thirteen. So coming back to New York City or being in New York City is a pretty natural thing for me and I my husband's from Chicago, you know, but I just um For whatever reason, I I feel very connected to the East Coast and to to New York. Sure,
1: sure.
2: And it's, uh, um, I don't know exactly what the difference is, but I think that the quality of the space itself, like the idea that in New York, like it's very compact. And so it's sort of a walking town and a lot of, you know, and then now we have this house in the country. And I think being away from New York is also a really valuable thing. Because even if I'm in my studio, I'm not talking to anybody, there is a... You know, there's a pressure cooker feeling in the art and when you go away from the art you
0: don't have that so much, and that's the good and the bad. Sure, sure. Well, and so, I mean, when you, was the, okay, plenty of questions, but um, I guess the first thing, what was it like then kind of being in an environment where everybody is involved in the arts? Because I think a lot of us are on the opposite side of that, you know, where you've got parents that are like, don't, you know, you should become a lawyer or something.
2: I did think I would be a lawyer in high school, but <laughs> which really makes my daughter laugh. I think of her because she's growing up in a household of two artists, and we both work at home. And so, you know, sometimes like she's told me, she's sitting on the couch and the baby will fall on her, like she's just like, "Could you put those? They're everywhere." You know, it's like we're living in that environment. And for me, when I when I read the... Dekuni biography, my mother came out of an abstract expressionist thing, and when I read the Dakuni biography, I realized that a lot of things that I just assumed to be true came out of a particular orientation that I grew up in, so the idea that you, even the relationship to imagery, like that it wouldn't be fixed before, that you would go through this process where you stand in front of this thing, and as you work it, it evolves itself, all that kind of stuff is in my background so heavily that it would be hard to distinguish and, I, and it was always very supportive. Um, my father, even though he wasn't an artist, he also made things. So I guess there was a definite co- the, the value system in making. Sure. I didn't have resistance.
0: Right, right. And I, and I mean, I guess in terms of early on, was the, was the figure, you know, something that you particularly focused on at a younger age, or is that something that came later?
2: It's really beautiful. I love this little drawing, and it's, it's a woman. And mm-hmm. I wrote A plus plus at the top. <laughs> it must have been like six. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. But you know, my work isn't is a weird hybrid because it's a figure, but it's definitely made from the imagination, and it's definitely operates on a lot of abstract sure. you know qualities too. And I think that, like, my mother is is really strange about the image. Like, if you go with her to a museum, even if it's a figurative painting, she will not at all acknowledge the figure. Mm-hmm. It's only the colors and the shapes. And, right. Um. It is like it's interesting because, like, see if I think about your paintings, I think that they are the viewer becomes the occupant, mm-hmm. and in mine, in a way, I think it is more like a mirror image. Like, in other words, it's like the figures are sort of reflective of the me or viewer as the you know, so I think. And I just, I do, I really like people. I like to connect to people. Somebody once wrote this thing about me that it's almost like I'm sitting in the subway and looking up and seeing all those people. Like, I am constant. I have a problem. Like, I will stare. know, <laughs> like, sure. I, I want to get into it. I love watching people. So I think they probably, there were times, there were a couple of times when the work was non-objective. You know, and, um, but I've always returned to the paper, the paper. So I guess it's even from, from small. They were both. I have a... The article I told you was a contest when, when I was in preschool in Puerto Rico, and, and mine were all abstract things. And, uh, you know, but I think of those things, like, they were abstract, but in one painting, I won this little prize, and it was it looks like a little fan or something. Uh-huh. So I think of it as a head anyway. <laughs> it's a big circle and a rectangle with the kind of division that doesn't have eyes and the nose, but it's head-like.
0: Sure. Well, and, and again, I mean, I'm curious about it, too, because, you know... Um there's so I mean there's so many people that wind up going to art schools or, or studying art and you know I, I think back to that space of whenever you're doing all of your kind of pre, you know the, those classes that you're going to wind up taking where you're you know drawing still life or um, you know doing sculpture I'm, I'm sure that you had you know a nice variety of those things and so I'm I'm just kind of thinking is is there like a particular moment that kind of I don't know is there something that kind of gravitated you towards something versus something else and i would imagine just being around a lot of painters that would be something that's almost like i don't know you know just something that you can't almost escape if you're around i don't know and you know if you grow up in a if you grow up in an italian family i'm sure you're going to wind up eating a lot of italian food i guess you know
2: yeah i think that's an interesting thing i think part of the process of being older is how much you distinguish out what you presume to be true from your the environment you grew up in versus what things are true to you like i you know, I I have a... One of the things I've thought a lot of is what's the difference between art and design? And um, what's the difference between, you know, whatever I would call painting that I'm interested in versus designing the rectangle? And that's why I think for me, with the relationship to formal issues, like the idea for me is that, that somehow these formal issues are, in our world, tools to some, like I said before, someplace that we don't know about, versus, in a, you know, but you can... And I guess it's the platitude of like asking the question versus answer, you know, providing the answers versus providing the place for the questions to be there. And so for me, um, my mother was a designer and her relationship, and she's a painter too. I mean, she was a designer as a business, you know, she made money that way. But for me, a long, a, a separation, I think, between my background and where I am is how to distinguish a different kind of meaning. And it might even involve narrative. Like one of the things I realized more recently in trying to talk about war is, I never let myself tell a story in a painting, but telling a story is so much a part of painting. It's like, and every like, I think we have a lot of presumptions that we just, when you say you grew up in an environment, um, right. there's really great things from that, but then there's a lot of stuff that you have to shed. Right. Or reflect on, not just presume to be true, you know, and so I think for me, um, there's a lot of distinctions that I'd make of how I approach things almost, I guess what i was saying is that I had certain examples that I also had to learn not to I had a way that they were true for me. You know, that sure. like some of them were
0: true and, and really valuable. Well, and, and I, again, I don't, I don't want to necessarily spend a ton of time talking about, you know, the, the way, you know, like super, you know, chronological, like a year by year, but um, what, what would be, you know, the kind of work that you would say be making when you exited, you know, school and, and graduated, when you graduated from RISD?
2: I, I knew for some reason that I would need about five years after graduation to really be sort of a student of my own work. And so the first work was really labored, in fact, probably not so difficult as to have really labored oil clinics, but figurative. And then the East Village, what shifted there that made the work more free and more my own was really the materials. Like I used plexiglass and enamel paint, and it made me, allowed me to go very quickly. Like, I, what I realized in myself is that I either make a – it either is really good at the beginning or it takes me, like, a really long time to come back to that place. And, and it's – you know, so that in one work I could go through a lot of stuff until I kind of come back to the same spontaneity or clarity that I had in some work in the beginning of it. Um, so the first – so the first pieces that I think were the most – not just the most successful, but people responded to, and that's a kind of – were the East Village things. And so they were still figures – um but they were and, and also because i was 26 25 26 years old i was in there were much more they were not singular figures they were usually crowds of figures which is actually sort of i went through that again you know it, that's another thing about being older that's nice it's like you see yourself you see yourself revisiting things that were really yours that come back and that so the east village stuff that um it was really german expression like it, it, in fact i sent you one image right That's from the East Village shop. And that painting that I sent you, it started as an oil painting. And then I got this enamel house paint and painted over it. So there's a kind of a, um, you know, I have a lot of energy. And I think that energy, when I can, like over time in a painting, you kind of kill that energy. And then when you find that energy again, like that's what's there in the beginning of it. It's just the pure energy of it. Mm -hmm. And almost without a free energy. So for me, the East Village ones were, re- were very raw that way. And then and then I went through kind of different transitional points where I would become, where I would leave the figure out. But I realized that, if, in my opinion, in retrospect, those were really not so much good paintings, but transitional work where I was sort of throwing everything out, going back to just basically only the materials or only the color, only those kind of building block things, and then finding a new place for the figure to enter in and when you asked me about those which is the most recent and the, like the one that you know the um it's the elegy ones I started to think of those recently as because I had some of them I thought were finished and then I kept working on but they without the figure were almost like a stage and then I put the figure back in like like the, all the things that I was building that I thought of as more emblematic or abstract or not pictorial at all were really just kind of like little Stages for my figure to return to, so I've been putting those back, the figure back into those. I don't know if that makes sense to you.
0: No, I think that I think that makes sense. Well, and and again, it's just um, trying to trying to keep in in uh, in mind all all these, and and again, there's just so much different kind, so many different kinds of work that you can make over a period of time. And I say that just because when I look at my own, you know, you've got this set of paintings, and you know that might last two years, but then you are also doing. This other set of, you know what I mean? You're doing these drawings at the same time and and all these other things, and so I'm just. Hey, well,
2: there's, or they sculptures? Oh
0: sure, sure. Where, well,
2: where there's nothing but the picture. Sure,
0: <laughs> well, and so I mean, you know, being being in that environment, especially, I guess, when you're when you're kind of getting, you know, into more into more what you're interested in, you know, finding your own voice and, and kind of really focusing on that. Um, what was the what was the environment like too in terms? of, I mean, I would imagine that you had a lot of um, friends that were also working um, when, when you are in East Village.
2: We were all, it was a community of, you know, there was the whole, um, I don't know if you remember my slide talk, but I did this thing called, the show called Glassman Cuts Up With Friends, and I did like 60 cutouts of all of the people. And they, um, the thing was, there was a, the environment mm-hmm. was I think art is a very solitary process. And so the environment really was pre-AIDS, pre-Reagan. It was super party. It was like a community, but the community was more of a kind of... The part about the... I wouldn't say that my own work, except for David Warnorowicz, who was a person who I really respect as an artist, who I got to know through the East Village, and David... But David's not a painter like me at all. He's very different. Plus, he's like a a writer and a musician. You know, he was a different kind of artist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we fed off each other in certain ways. There were other people, but mostly I think of that time as being like a, um, you know, really fun scene. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But not really, um, the quality, it wasn't like we were sitting around talking about art a lot. I mean, we were talking about a lot of stuff, but it wasn't really like. I think that probably if you're in graduate school, saying that kind of, you know, I've taught graduate school now, and I see that there's that kind of community, and you all, are in a sense, have a community together. And that wasn't exactly what the East Village was. Right. The East Village was just a really lucky phenomena where, um, but in a way, I think that it needed to not have that continue to really sort of develop the depth that you need to do when you're, when you're by yourself, you know. I think that making art, to me anyway, being a painter is a very isolated. You know, it's really a private
0: activity. Sure. Well, that should make a lot of Midwesterners that might listen to this in the Chicago area pretty happy because uh, <laughs> we Definitely. we have we have some very. I mean, it's it's. I think that's one thing that's so interesting to me about. Um, well, even this, you know, I'm in, I'm in, you know, the the I'm south of Chicago talking to you right now, and you know, you're where you're you're in New York, you know, so it's, so, it's <laughs> right. So I mean it's just it's just interesting how you can collapse that space so easily through technology. But um I digress. Uh, but um so so, you know, I, I guess one of the things that I would ask them too is that, you know, so you know, sometimes the, the 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 work um you know, kind of goes into I guess it seems like stages where where it's uh predominantly more like one figure versus a lot of um uh you know, say heads or uh, you know, hands or other things that are I think, I don't know, kind of packed with very specific, I think, detail. I've, at least it seems like that specifically with trying to capture something like a hand or, um, you know, facial features or something. There's all these very specific things. But um, I guess has your work always shifted between the, those things or, I don't know, I, I, you know, when when you bring up the idea of that cyclical aspect of work, I mean, is it something where you're not necessarily kind of like you're saying conscious of, like, I have to make paintings that are, you know, fields of figures as opposed to, like... I don't know. I, I'm just trying to figure out how that process works, too. And again...
2: I think it's a really intense pendulum swing. Like, if I were to show you the... I did um, one painting, 90 by 80, and it was just made of unbelievable amount of clusters of teeny heads. It was packed, jam. It was just solid. And... And in those, what I found after a while was that after I'd worked on it a really long time, then I could get them to be really individuated. Like, they were really just about the kind of a multitude. And right before that, I made the singular figures. I mean, it wasn't as though they worked... It's not a... It really is a kind of a super pendulum swing between one thing and another. Um... Even now, I'm making the really small and the really big, and I think that idea of the singular and the multitude is something that I must, if I think about the work of that context, it's always going on, somewhere swinging between those two. Um, it's not something that I, honestly, it, it's, um, it isn't really a strategic thing. It's just a kind of impulse, like I guess that you kind of, it's almost like two sides of the coin. You, know, you want to see something, then you understand. If you really want to understand it, you might have to go to the way office You know, one is black and one is white. If they're really gray, it's not so clear what the difference is. Like, you kind of push it sure. um, to those edges. But I guess, like, you know, in a general way, you want you hope that your work has a, a particularity and universal yeah. quality. And so that's sort of a way of thinking of it, too. And I'm doing this panel on motherhood and being an artist, and I was thinking that in a way when my daughter was born my understanding of my individual you know like you said about jumping off the building like i think in a weird way we all want to be a part of this entity we are of the human <laughs> experience and we share that and there's a kind of isolation and then there's a sense of your place it, it, it it's not even a place in it you're a consequential place in it you know what i mean your grain of sand and it like somehow right. that there's a kind of a freedom that this is it, we come and we go, but basically the whole thing is moving and we are just a very little particle that is, and I think, again, like in a yin-yang kind of way, those two things of our own, you know how as an artist it's very hard to distinguish between total narcissism and, <laughs> especially if you're doing self-portraits or whatever, like really it like like how horrible would that be if like basically, but there's a part of that that's in there, you know. Sure. and then there's the other, which is just a sense of our continuity and That we're a part, even in terms of artistic things, like going to the museum and seeing art was made, you know, thousands of years ago and that we participate in this thing.
1: Sure. We
2: enter it and we participate as a a player in this other thing that's much bigger than us. And so, um, I guess that's, you know, I never really thought of it exactly that way, but I think that's true, that that the hope is that somehow you're... In that, that's another kind of paradox where you are really individuated and really particular and really, like, sometimes when I work, I think, like, what do I make that nobody else makes? Like, what, about, what is the thing that I can do that just basically is mine? Really, um, not, not, a, I'm a traditional person. I mean, I'm involved in traditions, not that, but what makes it particular to me? What are the sure. things that are essentially mine? And what are the, and, and so it's, those are kind of opposites, but they actually have to have, exist simultaneously. The things that are really shared like a
0: common language and the things that are really particular sure sure so well, i would
2: that's a way of talking about the individual
0: figure of oh right all right time. well and and I, I think too you know because um, because i did get that little tour i mean obviously the the amount of work you know is really apparent in there too but you know i, I was curious and also because i saw like i was saying that, that video of you starting out with a drawing i mean is drawing something that it seems like it would be something that you'd be really invested in as well. Or, or do you see it? I don't know. Is there a distinction between even painting and drawing for you?
2: Not, not anymore. Like for me, and these are on paper. Sometimes, you know, I've been teaching on the, so on the train. I've been making little drawings sometimes and I attach them to big drawings. And I think that for me, the closer I get to no distinction between painting and drawing, the better. I mean, drawing is the most intimate. And. And even in this work, they were totally, like, um, only recently has paint even come into it. I'm sort of, And, you know, it's even with these, even more so, like, in terms of paint, there's some part of them that's not descriptive at all. It's just, you know, it's just like a big blob of red, and so it's not trying to be anything but the thing. So, yeah, so I want it, not only do I want to have them indistinguishable, but I want them to coexist. But I want them to be also be something really drawn and something really painted and allow them to exist in one thing. So, yeah. But for me, I think you that's something that's pretty consistent in my work all the way through. The relationship between—I remember being a student and realizing that that you could draw and paint it. And that was something that I didn't know at first. You know, it's like it was a, and that was a very freeing thing.
0: Well, and I think you know that's apparent too. Just in you know, I've, I've, forgive me because I'm 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 looking up as much mm-hmm. as I can in terms of kind of getting more and more of your story and you know listening to some other people that have talked about process but it seems like that that idea of searching is, is something that's really important and i think you know particularly like i think about um well actually not not really any i mean pretty much all of them um but the the way that you kind of and some of them have even you know more of like these these fields of figures that have you know these kind of larger areas that are you know, kind of very loose, but at the same time have those images and, and things in there. But, I mean, what is what is that relationship is searching for you then? And I, and I guess I should say, I mean, because, you know, we talked about, you know, the idea, or at least I think you talked about the idea, if, I ha- if, if we haven't done it now, but, um, you know, the idea of uh, on the verge of being finished with something. Um, but what's, I mean, what's that process like? Is, it, is, it, is, it, is there something that can start out that you can get done quickly versus something that takes a lot of time? Well, I've, been doing, I've been
2: trying to do that. You know, in, in turn, I've been teaching sophomore painting, too, and I remember when I was a sophomore, I made one-shot paintings only, and I realized, like, for me, at that, when I have an idea, like, when I'm at a place, I think that's the only, like, I'm very rigid about it. but Then I could just totally change the whole thing. But when I'm in a place, and so at that time, I thought, okay, that's the better to make paintings, it's one-shot. Recently, I've been making the ones that I showed you on the wall, and some of them I've been working on for, like, two years. And they're little things, they're going and then recently I thought, now I'm going to make some that I just sit down and do. And they're finished because I want to leave the other. I want to have um, that other clarity of something that's done in one city. And the, the issue of when something is finished is a really complicated one. But I sometimes feel like, well, you know, so, like I take by a lot of images. Like I would have played, last week I would have sent you a lot of images that now I've, I've actually literally taken those things and torn them apart, mm-hmm. but I thought they were finished. Um, and then I thought recently about the, in terms of the search, like with these, and one relationship to the war is that I am literally in battle with these things, and the quality of the battle leaves its scars, so that the pentimento or the, you know, the build up of things is also a part of the vernacular of what the paintings are about. Um, like a, a way, and, and like I said before about things like the elephant in the room, like it's a, an analogy to things that are under, that are buried underneath. And even like the idea in terms of the search of a kind of Zen thing that you, you know, that, and I, you learn this all the time in painting, that you may love that one little section, but you have to forego it for the entity. Um, and the idea of letting go of things or that somehow you, or even a fake that these things will return. Um, one time I ran into this guy, Frank Young, who's a painter, and he was talking to me. He'd become a Buddhist. And, and when the, we, I realized the difference between me and him is that I actually like the finished product. He sort of like, once it's finished, it doesn't matter. And I think that's more of a sort of abstract, expressionist idea that the painting is the history of the experience. But for me, I don't, that's not, I'm actually not really there. To me, in the end, I know how I can say it. If, whatever this means, there's a presence as if the thing has a life of its own. Right. And that's a fragile, I mean, we all know the moment where you kill that. <laughs> and you have to resuscitate. hesitate. And, um, and so some of them take a lot of killing and resuscitating, and so that becomes kind of the, you know, the fiber of the, you know, like the way that somebody who has a scar and everything is part of the kind of physical entity. And some of them... The ones that I'm leaving, now I'm not sure if this is true, but I think so, are more pictorial. Like, in other words, over time, like the ones that work over time, then the process becomes part of the language. But if I do it in one shot, I'm almost telling one whole story and never contradicting it so the the time so for me in the this wall thing I'm trying to have all of the time in other words some are really quick one shot some are almost like one line right you know, sometimes you look at Picasso and you think like oh my god like would, would I have the nerve to read that like that right <laughs> and that's a real goal you know like that moment where it's really fully formed but also totally nascent you know it's like and, and so, um, like I said, about the space in between, it leaves you the place that the viewer comes in and sort of leaves you that space that doesn't really answer any question at all. It just gives you these kind of clarities that the viewer or the artist itself comes in. And, you know, the goal is that over time, like when you enter a different, like say on Tuesday, when I'm in one mood, I can go into that same painting and I can find my way in. But it will be a different,
0: right. I'll find mm-hmm. a
2: different place.
0: Well, and you know, because because we can kind of, I guess, in a way, they're they're almost like histories unto themselves. You know, the 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 record of kind of searching throughout all these things, which is so funny to me as um, you know, someone that teaches drawing now. is, as um, i really, lo- I mean, I it's amazing seeing something that looks like it's falling apart, and uh, you know what I mean. But but to kind of see it when when students, especially, are kind of making those those discoveries or, or kind of fixing something that's. I, you know what I mean? Just kind of a, a slow record of it changing and changing, and I think that's something that really is kind of nice and, um, I don't know, layered about the work, and especially, I don't know, some of, the, some of the field stuff. But, I mean, at the same time, some of those, you know, um, vary. And, you know, I, I think about that because the, the grounds can be quite a bit different, too. Um, but I guess before I kind of get into that, I mean, where, where do you think about um, color in terms of your work? Is there a specific? I don't. I don't know. It's. It seems like a, a weird thing because it's. It's. Um, it sounds so cliche to ask people like what their favorite color is. But I think. <laughs> I mean. I think there's. I mean. There's things Not that if I you're think. Under 10. What's yeah. that? If
2: you're under ten years old, it's a very good question. You know, <laughs> what I mean? those kids always have a
0: favorite color. Oh right? sure. Well sure. Them. But I mean, I think there's those things that we kind of keep drawing, get drawing back to. You know, like it, it seems like, um, like yellows for some reason are something that that might be something that pops off to me, because even if I'm looking at this painting now that, you know, is on a, a, you know, a dark field or a black field or, you know, that might be like a nice mixed black, but you know what I mean? There's still those yellow parts that seem so apparent that can kind of move throughout the work, but is there any particular, I guess, thing that you're kind of building on, or is it about that language that you've been creating and kind of continuing it into different bodies of work, or...
2: When I came back to the house and I started on the things that were crying out, primarily drawing, there was no color. The series started by my going and seeing Granica. So I really actually thought, I don't even know how I would begin to approach how I would have that, but I did take black, white, and a kind of sepia. You know, there was walnut ink, and, they, and so I really changed. The color was really almost nothing descriptive in it. And then, um, you know, when you mentioned the yellow, I've often realized that that yellow, yeah, like I... I don't know if it was unconscious, but I became aware that I was using the yellow as a... Like, sometimes I would use it at the end of a painting. Like, it was almost like the little artery. Like, it was the thing that would thread you along to different things. So I do think of that kind of acid yellow as having a particular role in... Not just in one painting, but kind of generally. That, like, that's the kind of thing I do at the very end. Is it kind of like a... it's. Like, it's the piccolo. Like, it's that little... It's a certain kind of... It has a role in the orchestra. It has the playing the same melody, but it's playing it in a different... And it, and so that sort of, I realized, was consistent. And certainly, you know, like I like in these ones, color was kind of fun for me because, like, I, I have an Israeli student, and she said to me, oh, you know, that color green, I know what that color means. It's the army, and I always think of that. And I didn't really... And then I sort of put stand that color in for the you know for army fatigue, you know, and, like, the blue was for the navy. And like... Um, I think if I were to say There's a weakness in my work, I think the color is probably not. Uh, um, the other thing about the color just is the um, there's a kind of hot color sometimes that I you know like a high key kind of color, mm-hmm. and that I relate to being a kid in Puerto Rico. Like I think that that kind of I remember the you know the the the, um, the housing, low the cost housing things were hot pink and hot. Like I think that there's a hot so that's like sort of one group of things that comes into that. Um, recently, in these paintings, like I told you, I've been really thinking of color as being unhinged from anything descriptive. So even though there's the green that's the army suit, there's also like a kind of a like I found in the store, now they don't sell it, like a color that was called flesh. And I just thought, well, that is so you know um, particular. It, it, you're talking about it in a general way, but it's a very specific. It's a very small demographic that actually has that kind of color. And so I started to think of kind of color like that. Um, so I guess in my brain, I have like a various, I don't know what you would say it, various ways of thinking of color unhinged from design, like I said to you before. I think that, the, that if you put the color together because you feel like those colors, like, um, but actually I'll go back to something else you said about the search. It's not just a search. It's a kind of a search. My work is always kind of brutal. It's not just like a general search. There's a tenor to the whole thing, no matter what I do. And so sometimes, so I think like, no matter what, so in the in the kind of colors, I think that also there's a brutality to some of the colors. You know, there's, um, only recently am I using red. And I try to, I just really didn't want to have red come in as like the blood, you <laughs> know, Sure. But but, I, but now so I think like over like in, the, in this group of work and maybe this is true in general like even in the white paintings like I remove the color then I simplify it so that there's like a very simple set of, rule, of rules for those particular kind of colors having a role and then it gets more and more complicated you know then I add more and more elements and then I guess at the end is the um, the full range of color and that is descriptive you know has emblematic. Like an association with the with the, yeah, the green and um, like the, like the, like has a role like an orchestra has different like the different you know musical instruments in the orchestra so that would be the full range when I get to the full range but definitely here I removed all color or what I perceive to be color like the funny thing is that we use that walnut ink it makes you look Rembrandt <laughs> you know it's like
1: sure.
2: colors have qualities that have associations for us. Like I said, I came at, I thought about, I thought about those blacks and whites and how that refers to, in his thing, the light of the bulb, uh, things being luminous. When I said to you before, I think, like, color is my, what is, it? it's not really color, it's space. You know, you went to Chautauqua, that was, like, the thing that they talked about all the time, and I think, for me, I'm much more graphic, and much more flat, and it's over time that I even speak on, like, I work from observation and try to understand, like, um, how three-dimensional space is being created in two-dimensional planes. So A part of that is color, or the quality of light as being described by color. And I think that's my weakest. Uh, that's not my natural. Um, you know, some people come to their, that's their access here.
0: Well, and obviously, I mean, I still, I mean, obviously, I think that, I think everything kind of winds up, you know, coming together. You know what I mean? But, but at the same time, I think it makes sense in terms of that, um, I don't know, I think especially in some of them, just the way that it seems more like the act act of the discovery and, you know, drawing these things out and repainting them or or adjusting them, those things might weigh out a bit more than, you know, necessarily like, oh, this is a particular green, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But um, one of the things that that I think is interesting, too, is that, you know, you've you've talked a little bit about the... um, I don't know how in terms of then if you have if you have like an image where there's a number of different components that are all kind of like adding up I mean how do you how do you keep a balance in terms of like what you're focusing on then because I think you talked a little bit about wanting to have um I don't know these areas that people could really kind of focus in on um and it's it sounds like you're working that way where you're really focusing in on something and then kind of keeping it all together at the same time but um What what's that? What's that like? Trying to keep that all settled, or
2: I think in the end, you know the the uh, phrase. I would have made it shorter, but I didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. Like in other words, at the end, even of these they have to be way brought down to they have to be simplified. It's it's almost like a you know, like pile it up, but then and so there is that you go back, like why it takes so long. I guess is that balance back and forth between accumulating and then. You know, making it, making it simple, or it's not right to say simple. It's like you have all of these components, but to find the exact right set of relationships between all of them, with all those balls in the air, is very hard. And um, one of the things that I think that I, in the past, when I like, had a show and then kind of try to finish things for a show, I will, in a very um, like superimposed way, try to set a kind of order to them. And oftentimes it will come from something I knew from before, like something that was a trick that worked before. But when I really allow that to happen, it takes its own time. It takes its own time till all of those things. I think that's the beauty of painting and that's the complexity of painting. It doesn't matter if there are many elements or or one, a singular figure or many figures, but the quality of the set of relationships between all the components, which might be surface, color, line, meaning, subject, all those things is a very fragile place where they all really you know i think of it as an analogy of biology that we have all of these sets of properties that are going out at once but they are all in a singular set of relationships you know what i mean your your your, your itches and your brain tells you to scratch you. you know it's all connected in, in one kind of super thin thread of one set of relationships it's all about the relationships between things so i think like um yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons that I, I work on things for a really long time is that it's very unless I get it in the right in the first very first hit, and I have the um, discipline to stop, then after that it takes a very long time to try to find those sets of relationships again. Right. That's what's hard. It, <laughs>
0: it's, I mean, it was. It just kind of, it kind of gets back to that idea of, um, I don't know, putting yourself in a place where you don't know what's going on and trying to almost rescue it out of that, you know. Um
2: I think in the end, that's what I was trying to say. If I'm working for a show, I could almost understand how I'm gonna find those things in the last sets of relationships, almost as stupid as, as if framing it finished it. You know what I mean? Like but when I'm not and I go into that place that I don't know, like I tried to say to you before, the clarity of those sets of relationships is an un it's an unverbal thing. It's not something even at the end. You could you could talk about a lot of reasons why those things function together, but you can't really really say that thing Here's a corny part. I told you it was about biology and all the set of relationships, but ultimately what we're talking about is the life of the thing. And I can't tell you how to make that happen more than I could resuscitate you. you Right, right. That's the unnameable thing. And so to get to the place where you can humbly see when it happens, like almost being an artist is seeing when it's there. You know what I mean? Like that's a really hard thing, to like sort of separate yourself from the making of it and from that it's yours at all. This is stuff that I think about a lot. It. It's not that I'm particularly good at it. It's just that that I that I but there have been times when I like I sent you that thing Shakespeare's private, and I really love that piece, and that's a complex set of relationships. But it's also for me something happened in all of that that I would never have any idea how to make happen again. But that I love. That I it's it, So for me, I sometimes think of it as like a, a presence, like a person, like a. It has a thing that I can't talk yeah, you know, I can't
0: tell you what your presence is, but it's there I feel it sure well and and I would think that you know it, we kind of touched on this you know briefly the uh, the sculptural aspect you know that that other side of it I mean, are you always then kind of also jumping around on different things that are all feeding into you know that that whole studio process?
2: I only have so much energy <laughs> so I, like right now. You know, it's funny because you can't really tell the images, but a lot of these are very sculptural, the paper pieces, because I've started to kind of build them out and make them pretty three-dimensional. Some of the pieces come out like six, um, I'd say like ten inches. But when I was doing the actual sculptures, which I really want to do again, I just haven't. And then what I did, what's funny about the sculptures is because more recently, I had done this big drawing, so I made a lot of little pieces that that were components, and now I can kind of read Like, one part of the sculpture that I could just actually place them together. Like, I put a hand to the head or that kind of thing. It's it's different than a painting. But but I do need to have, like, now I have these small things. I always at least have um, two or three activities going on at once. And right now it's not between three and two-dimensional so much, but it certainly is between a finite rectangle of the small ones and the you know, the big pictures can be really teeny things and then be accumulated to make a really big thing. I mean, they don't have confined edges. Um, and the other thing that I'm doing, which is really fun, and it goes under the uh, heading of, like, you're a student, or the, you know, you're always a student, um, which is why I think maybe I like the three-dimensional because its physicality was something I had no familiarity with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That I got this great book of, of these Goya Washes And so at night, sometimes when I'm tired, I can sit down the ball with and with a ballplay pen just try to copy them. And it's like, I can just turn the page, but it's like really fun to, you know, like as if you're learning piano and trying to play Beethoven or something. Right, or something. right. Like, so that like it, it, that fulfills a kind of a place where I don't have to invent the image at all. I just have to, you know, I just have to do my best to measure these things and try to um, just basically build this... Like, I guess for me, when I worked... Even in the three dimensional sculptures it's sort of working from the inside out in a way because I don't know what the final image is gonna be when I'm starting. But in the Goyas, not only do I know what the final image is, but one of these great things about it is that I actually see more in the front. I see more as I keep drawing. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I didn't even see little faces in there until I start drawing and then I realize how much stuff is in those darks. But sort of that's my third right at this moment, my third tier of, of my Processors, the super large ones, the really little ones, and then this other thing of just sitting and, you know, um, using a
0: really quiet part of my brain. that's like I can use when I'm really tired. Right. Well, and and, and so just to get uh, maybe a little bit specific to the ones that, that we had kind of looked at a little bit earlier, um, so it seems like you've got a number of these smaller panels that will be kind of combined then, and then also works that are, I guess, collaged, together like well and it's funny that you're saying that too when i was asking about that idea of sculpture and that you know you've got this piece behind you that you can really see all the the paper and everything kind of collage and kind of stacking out but um could you talk a little bit about those two are are they kind of separate entities or are they meant to be shown together or are they the same thing okay and in fact when i was
2: thinking about see i was made i always have made and it was my husband he does sometimes he does you know um cartoon like work and he said to me if you take these different panels and put them together even though they're like more they're, they're rectangular and they have a more of a concise story inside of them you can kind of see them it was really because I wasn't being able to see them I couldn't I couldn't see them myself so if I started putting them together and they were really like shifts in space that went from one to, one little rectangle to the other so that it was like I was you know I'm always trying to kind of shift the thing so that like it's funny because I don't know if you can see here but there's this is material really, this is just me kind of reconnecting. I, I put them together and take them apart, so that thing hasn't connected. I'm waiting, like, thinking, like, hmm, am I going to connect that or not? And talking, like, talking tangentially. <laughs> but I, I've been t- connecting them with paint so that when you put them together, there's, like, a seam of fat paint that squeezes out of between them. So that's the feature. But in the small panels, I would like to... I mean... I would only—I would like to show them on one wall cluster the way they are in my house. But I also have shown them as two or three panels, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the idea that even they are singular paintings. In other words, I'm going to show them that way, but they could be singular paintings too. I mean, they are singular paintings. I paint them. Sometimes I put them together and paint them together, but most times I put them you know, i paint them separately. So there's—they're for me, you know. And like I said, I have no real sense of what war would look like to me. So these are two different ways so those two structures allow those two structures have their own characteristics right a little small rectangle versus a you know changeable form and and through that context I can kind of understand something about depictions of war that I'm it helps me to um, their specific properties allow me to become to, to make things that I might not you know I push against those specific properties and then I try to look at the entity like okay, is this, you know, does
0: this feel like what I'm trying to say? Sure. Well, and so in this, in, so in this, because um, you've brought up that, that theme um, is, are you working specifically from, in you know, specific images or are you, again, kind of mostly working from, I guess what you've learned just from, you know, drawing the figure for so long and working from the figure. I have
2: bones. I know I have, I'm using both observational drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've drawn bones, flowers, teeth. I have these balls of teeth. Just objects. My husband brought me AK-47 <laughs> <a> plastic gun <laughs> and a pistol. So I'm trying to, so like, then I work from light. And then I'm also working from totally, when you said like what I know about the figure, I don't really know a lot about the figure. <laughs> But I, but I know that sometimes when I really like it, I recognize it as a figure I've seen in another painting. Like, it's not so much about my body, so much as about some imagined expressive form that takes a figure to form. You know, like, it, it, like the way the hands can be. It's more like a, um, when I really, really like it, it reminds me of art I've seen more than people I've seen. And then, but I'm also absorbing, you know, I'm always looking at faces, and I'm, I'm taking it, and then I am one. So it's like, that's information. And then the third piece is these pentimenta, the stuff of the process. And one of the things about these drawings, like I can really love them and care for them a lot, but I know that once I put them in this context, by the end of the thing, you might not even see them. So there's a lot of really, and I think that's even sort of psychologically part of the process. Like in other words, that you're willing to review this stuff with this value that is not going to even be readily visible underneath in there.
1: Sure. Well, and so I'm looking
2: for some kind of a thing that can happen. I'm taking... You know, I love. I didn't work for light for a long time, but I love working for light because it's a little bit like working for those Goya's. Like, if I just measure, 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 I can kind of get to something that actually, surprisingly, over time, looks like a gun. <laughs> and then I can use... I can just stick that in, and, and, and if I don't want that, I can just tear it in half, and suddenly it becomes some other kind of element.
0: Sure. Well, and, you know, it, I guess we're... we've talked a little bit about at least i i've kind of brought up this idea um before of um you know trying to figure out i guess what you're interested in who you are and kind of what you're saying and i think one of the things that i'm really curious about you know having established all of this previous work and having having like i don't know i really almost think of it as like a language you know like that you're that you're coming up with or forming or, or that it's changing or i you know what i mean i don't know like little little changes of like oh we're gonna accent things slightly differently so we're going to change the spelling of something and in a way I, th- I think about that relating to painting but um is that something that when you so when you go into the series that you're that you're I guess particularly conscious of because again I think you know one of the things that we were discussing is younger artists I think might have a tendency to want to really load up whatever the content of, of their work is and so I mean is there a specific um a specific way that you want people to receive these things, or is it merely just an extension of that that practice that you've been that you've been working through and 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 kind of building up? Because I, th- I think in a different way, you know, you you probably got like a obviously a, a, a number of people that like to see your work, anyways. You know, that are going to come out to see your work specifically.
2: I think that we or each have something to say and we almost can't choose what it is and we're born with it. It's the it's the, it's the DNA. Here's my teaching analogy. Want to hear it? Okay. So, here's, so I say, like, you, you imagine yourself. Imagine I'm now talking to David. I knew David 10 years ago. I'm now David's mother. The context, the relationship is the context. And that would be big, small, bright-colored pencil. You know what I mean? All the different kind of material... Formal materiality of it, but within that context. So, but you, but you, David, are a set of DNA, and like jumping off of that building, you were the same DNA. But jumping off of that building with your DNA created an experience that is specific, and and um, and so to me, as an artist, there is a kind of an acceptance, and maybe this is an older thing too, and maybe there's an acceptance that this is what you have to say, and for me the thing that I continually have is a kind of a darkness, a kind of a raw pick of a scab, um, look away <laughs> quality. And that's very consistent in the work. And I think, um, and even contrary to my, like almost the opposite of my persona, pers- you know, like if I meet you in a restaurant, that's not the person, it's almost the other side, the dark side. And, uh, and I can push against that. Like, I've done paintings where I try to make them make as beautiful as I possibly could. And so in my, in my, you know, pocket of things, the experience of trying to make them beautiful hits against my DNA in a particular kind of way. Um, but I remember a teacher saying to me, don't try to do everything about painting. And I think that what you were saying. Or even like for me, when I was younger, um, I was much more self-conscious of who I wanted to be as an artist and what kind of work that I wanted to make. And that's something that isn't real, I think, benefited over time, that you let that go. You know, I was just, I have to show you one day, just don't. <laughs> see, what I've been doing, I never worked from the figure from life, but I've been starting to work from these little things that I built before. So when I want to have a head that I want to look from, I take my little sculptures and I've been drawing from my sculptures. So it's like, I think that one of the ways that you could, you know, like the idea that you're going in a tunnel and the deeper into that tunnel you could be, go, the better it is. Mhm, and so to me it's almost like um the more generating the image, the more you are generating your own imagery, and then that you said about the vocabulary and then that vocabulary gets reconfigured to generate more imagery and that kind of way it sort of is a um I think that's probably something that you can't do younger
1: right
2: you have to have the, you have to have sort of a built the tunnel you know or even it's almost like i like i said it's it's set from the beginning but Seeing it over and over in different contexts is how you get to know it. That's what I guess my analogy of, like, different experiences is how you, it's almost the difference, the, the particular difference of things, reflect. you know, related to your DNA is how you get to understand the particulars of yourself. If that makes sense. In other words, like, we each, you know, I've even found that we're not aware of, you know, as in you can't smell your own smell. Like, we're not aware even of our own particularness because we're just so in it. Sure. So we have these outside objective things that we make and then we reflect on them and then somehow it's almost like getting to know yourself
0: right so i was ta- i wanted to talk about then this idea then of the of the of the shakespeare's pirate piece you know what i mean in comparison to maybe one of the other the other pieces where you've got all of the you know what i mean the color for example is entirely different one has that overall color field quality in some ways and and something like this this shakespeare painting um, I don't know, it seems, it seems dark, I mean, or at least... It, you know what I mean? Like, the way that it kind of searches through that is that... I mean, is that something that then kind of re- reflects, I guess, the where, where you're at for a particular period of time in your life? I don't or, think
2: so. No? I'm not sure. Well, you know what? When I, I sent these things out, a, a couple of images out, and people said, like, well, you know, we're, what's going on? Like, if I'm actually making the people with the gun to their head... Like, <laughs> Right. Um... I have had very conscious, I was making really like these visceral, in, in the in the early 90s, really intense, they looked like people that were skinned. And then I went to the Mudder Museum in Philadelphia where they have like forensic things. And after that, I felt like, I don't want to make these anymore. I feel like, I don't want to go there every day.
1: Right, right.
2: And... So I'll go back and forth in terms of what I want from the work. And I definitely wanted to find, I felt like, to in, in my, whatever my language is, I wanted to know what beauty is. And I guess, like, the, the real answer, I realized, when it, the real answer is that you want all those things to be in one painting. And right. You want, but there are different balances, I guess, you
0: know. Well, and I, I think about even, and I could be wrong here, but, I mean, even in the way that you think about the relationship of, of something, like, good and bad as an idea, I mean, having those extremes in something also probably, you know, really give you that impact, you know, where you have something to compare it to. And then, of course, it's all
2: subjective, right? Because what your idea of good and bad is... Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and my idea of ugly be beautiful also... But I think when I think about the beauty of things, I think on my drawing, I really love... I can get into the... Like, I think sometimes maybe in the paint, I'm broodler, I have a brutal thing, and in the drawing, I can make things that are really elegant sometimes. You know, I can enjoy that. Um, I think one of the reasons I wrote a lot before is sometimes if I talk about the work, I don't talk about the content at all. Right. And... I don't really know what it comes from. You know, this is a really maybe corny thing to say, but I do think as an artist, we kind of channel some stuff, and we go, and for me, I sort of feel like as an artist, like I go into some place. I go someplace that's kind of, and that I that I do that willingly. And, uh, well, my daughter's up and she's sick. But, oh, you know, that to you. go into that, that, that's like, that just happens to be my job.
1: Right.
2: You know, to, go, to go to that place, and that's what well, within the range of, yeah, I think I think if it, I think if the goal is to have something which has all the things existing at once,
0: and, and maybe in different balance, you in know, different ratios. Right, right. Well, and, and I'm I'm curious too because we've kind of, I mean, I I think we've talked a little bit about this, but you know, the the idea of representation versus abstraction in the work. Because um, I mean, so, you know, obviously some things are are so much kind of. I don't know more about those those details that you would associate with something that's more um i guess i don't know representational finish versus something that's much more about that structure the searching through it or or kind of um i don't know the way that it's fragmented i mean is that something that you that you think about at all in terms of when you're kind of working through these or is it is it again just kind of that um just adding to that depth that that variety that you know that no,
2: oh, I thought discussion. when I did the ones like the Emblem ones, it was the first time for me that I really removed any pictorial space at all, or at least that was my intention. I just was going to let things be like flags. And um, so I guess like you find your kind of presumptions of where you think things are, and then you try to push them further. Um, like the idea of doing collage and putting things together that don't really have to have any pictorial relationship to one another in a in a literal way. Um I think for me what I really like like even what I like in the like I love the turn of the last century I love the I love Picasso I I love that place where they actually are literally entering the moment where things are um, both representational and abstract
1: right
2: and that's always true in all painting but at that point they're having the overt you know what I mean like if you look at Aang it's also abstract and representational but first representational and the second abstract you know that waited on the representational so for me Um, like like a house of cards. Like, I like that very fragile balance where the thing is sort of not really fully formed in one direction or the other. Like, it's kind of coming together and breaking apart. So, if it's descriptive, it's also physical. You know, it's like... But I have been thinking about pictorial things. Like, I told you, I think I've never really thought about a narrative until these... I guess I never really needed a narrative. I didn't really realize that I presumed that I wasn't interested in a narrative, or I really am. So, I've been... Like, in some of the smaller ones, like, I've taken the idea of, like, a, you know, the motif of, like, somebody over a coffin, and I've done that thing over and over and over, and I'm trying to tell a little story. And wow. um, in those, if you don't make it clear what those images are, you can't... So they necessitate a certain amount of representation.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Or written from life. Written from life is like a... You know, it's like my husband said, if you're going to do war... The reason he got me the guns is he said, if you're going to do war, you have to you have to understand what this... They have to be readable. They have to be, like, almost a sign. Right. And so that's been a kind of an interesting thing, like something which is not really even um, like the purpose of making the drawing is not to express anything, but just to really build this, this represent an object. So I think more and more, I'm, I'm that's something that I do think a lot.
0: Well, and and I think one of the things that, and again, it's hard to it's hard to want to I want to I want to kind of slowly bring this to a close here because I know that you know you've got other things going on, but. It's just so hard because, because, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, the tangents just always, you know, keep coming and keep coming. But, um, you know, I was, I was curious then too, um, does it, then does it really range in terms of the kind of reactions that you wind up getting from, from people that, that do see the work in terms of then, you know, like you were saying, um, like people asking you about where you, are you okay? Or, um, you know, with that, with that last piece, I mean, um, are there times then where, where you you wanted to feel like it's I don't know like you're kind of piecing it together, and then times where where the viewer wouldn't be I don't, I don't know because I'm thinking do about you the mean, relationship want to of their
2: their response
0: Yeah them. yeah well and I'm thinking about this too in the context of obviously these are going to be I would imagine in the same room and you know some of them might be very specific and some less specific but
2: you know what I was thinking about the big pieces I was thinking that I I don't know if I'll do this but I was thinking of showing them. Without any distinction between them, in other words, just like like the F, you know like the Rosenquist F one eleven, like basically take the wall, the whole gallery, and just paper the thing all the way around. And so they're they're uh, discrete objects, but they're also one large continuum. But in terms right. of dictating the viewer, um, I w- I'm on the end of not really doing that, right. I mean, I think, like, especially teaching or the way the teaching has gone, you know, like the kind of art education, the idea that somehow is your intent being communicated. Mm -hmm. My sort of feeling is, like, if it's being communicated, it's despite me. Like, Mm -hmm. if if I say it really well enough, it has really nothing to do with me anymore. It's taking its own course. Right, right. So I don't feel like I'm the, yeah, I'm more of a facilitator. I'm not the orchestrator.
0: Sure. Well, and and so like as I was saying, I do have just a couple of things before we kind of wrap up, um, and you know, one of them being really easy. and I say that, you know, tongue in cheek <laughs> here, but um, and, and I don't know, maybe you've already answered this, anyways. Um, but um, you know, what I guess what would what advice would you have for someone trying to figure those things out?
2: I am, my daughter's second; she's going to be in
0: yeah, I'm sorry
2: about that. Oh, I should get advice. To I would say, um, live as cheaply as you can, and and live your life the way you want to live your life, which is harder to do than to say. You know, I worry as much as anybody, but I think to um, to because I think that to be an artist, to all the things you're asking, are really pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very, it's a, it's a really pleasurable thing to be able to sit down and go into your own planet. And so, I don't mean to, you know, I think like, and that's what's great when you see it in somebody else. When you see that kind of, you know, full on, 100% in, against all empirical evidence, you know, anything around you that tells you that's a good reason to do it at all. But it's just self, it's, it, you like it. Sure. So I think like the key to create is kind of a life situation where you, where you have a lot of time to work. means you have to live with a little, like not as much money and money. Kind of pare down the rest of the stuff so that you have a lot of room for t- and time to make work, and um, and if you really find it pleasurable, you know it's it's a funny thing. It's not easy to wake any but it's also really cool. Like I think some of the things that really are about aging in the work, like even the physicality of them. So it, it's um, and I, and I think unless you become like really dumbed out, you do get better as artists over time. Like it's I really do. I mean, I think that it, it, it becomes richer and richer.
1: Right. So
2: I guess, like, as long as you kind of, make, kind of really keep the others, you know, your value system so that the rest of your life doesn't really get in the way, which basically means, like you said before, you get out of graduate school and you think you're going to make money from your artwork. And I've gone both ways. I've made money and not made money. But sometimes making money can be a limit, too. Sure. So if you want to have... You know what I think is that the funny word about art is it's freedom. And if we can... Provide the kind of freedom that we need to really do what we need to do. That's a real commodity that is hard won and very valuable, you know, and painful. It's not that it's easy; it's hard. To, it's hard. But so, I guess my best advice is work as little as you can on other jobs and live your life in the way that you have a very low overhead. <laughs> so being in the middle of the country is a good thing. It you know?
0: makes me feel good. <laughs> um, but uh, so the, the last thing that I was just going to ask is: so what? You've obviously got all these things going. Um, When when are we uh, looking for? for, I don't know. Do you have something lined up in terms of a a big solo show?
2: I actually am going to do a big show in Normal, Illinois. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. I'm going to do it in January, and it's going to be. I'm going to do a big drawing on the wall, and and lots of like lots and lots of drawings, and and some small paintings. And then I'm I'm having a show this year at Betty's. I just don't know when. Okay. You know, this following year. Betty Cunningham with one M.
0: I, I really appreciate you taking the time, and it's Thank been great you. catching up and, and hearing about yeah. all of this. So. All
2: right, let's stay in touch.
0: Thanks again to Judy for joining us today. If you're interested in her work, you can check it out at bettycunninghamgallery.com. And of course, aside from this episode, there are plenty others over 37 at studiobreak.com. Just check it out. Once again, each of the episodes have a slideshow and some audio that you can listen to, roughly an hour of uncut talk about someone's studio practice, evolution, concerns, so please check it out there. Intro and outro music, because I like the song so much today, is Ollie North's Lindenfields, and once again, you can find that by visiting freemusicarchive.org, where they have thousands of free songs that you can download and put on your portable device so please check that out and of course we'd love it if you check this out on the internet you can go to studiobreak.com to subscribe to our blog once again you can go to the facebook page to get updates about news and other images and, and promotional kind of things and lastly you can always subscribe in itunes of course if you happen to be patiently waiting through all this and you still want to know more about me and what i do you can check out my work davidlinaway.com and see some of the paintings that i have going um again i do have an exhibition that's up through the end of the month at the peoria art guild called scavenge landscapes about 27 paintings on exhibition all very exciting and coming down soon, so check that out. And once again, our recent friend, uh, Justin Quinn, who joined Studio Break in the last couple of weeks, has an opening reception for Deeper Wonders Than the Waves. It opens at Minneapolis Institute of Arts Thursday, July 19, 2012, at 7 p.m., so go check that out. That's all we have for today, so we'll talk to you real soon. Take care, everybody.